Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, December 22nd, 2017. As Christmas approaches, we have three massive slates in EPL this next week. We have one tomorrow, one midweek around Christmas, and one next weekend. They call this Boxing Day in the English Premier League. As always, I am joined by co-host Rob. Hey, Rob, how's it going? How's your holidays? I'm doing excellent. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to everyone out there, whatever you listen to, whatever you believe in. Uh, I hope you get to enjoy some happiness this uh, holiday season. Yeah, as we hope everyone gets all the gifts they wanted and maybe some extra dollars from these DraftKings tournaments. Anyways, let's dive right in like we always do. We'll start at goalie. What are your takes at goalie, Rob? It looks looks pretty straightforward this week. I think we're all in agreement with one certain team. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, I'll break down every goalie, as I usually do here. Um, first, we'll start off with Ederson. Uh, and I think you have to either be on or against Ederson this week, one side or the other, especially for cash, not so much for GPP. Um, there is some respect for it in terms of uh, Kyle Walker. His stacking option isn't too expensive. And uh, he, uh, Bournemouth are pretty hurt right now up front, like really, really hurt. So uh, there's a good chance they won't score just simply on being hurt so uh there's a cs bonus waiting to to happen there but uh ederson's been pretty poor at keeping cs bonuses but really good at keeping only uh one goal on the board for the other team so well that's fine in cash this week i still think there's lots of better options all around but there is some gpp warrant to it there'll be very low ownership due to his price and bournemouth just may not score uh but like i said i think you have to be on one side or the other for that uh because if you're if you're not on the Ederson side you're going to eventually be on the bournemouth side uh, Hugo Lloris is a solid play uh, in either format this week. Uh, in reality, it's going to be a low goal score uh, total, so I'm not too concerned about uh, Burnley coming out and lighting him up. And he has such excellent wing backs that uh, is stacking them in any situation is uh, a really excellent play because, uh, like I said, Burnley aren't going to come out and score lots of goals. So uh, looking for a CS bonus there is a pretty sensible option considering there's just not going to be a lot of goals. Uh, he's pretty expensive. Uh, they're all really expensive in Spurs, but I think this week against Burnley, they're, they're very good, easily be worth it in terms of a floor, uh, but don't go hunting a ceiling, and we'll talk about that later uh, with more Spurs. I think Frazier Forrester is uh, one of the top GPP GPP plays of the slate. He's going to have absolutely no ownership. He's uh, probably the definition of a buy low scenario, uh, sell high, buy low. Um, conversely, on the other side, Huddersfield are a massive uh, sell high option this week. So uh, I just think Forrester play, has played, I don't think it, he has played excellent over the past few games despite some really bad results, especially against Leicester and Chelsea where he stood on his head for a few saves, uh, showing shades of Fabanski uh, starting out in his heated form earlier in the season. So I just like where Forrester at this week, uh, and again, uh, I'll talk about it in the defensive uh, aspect. But uh, Southampton are, are switching formation up a little bit, and it could get interesting here. Uh, Jack Butlin is just way too expensive for his very poor defense. It's an easy fade there. Uh, Adrian's the second best GPP of the slate. Uh, he's also an excellent cash play. He's got 
three three or four straight CS bonuses, or he's going for his fourth straight CS bonus. Uh, he's not too expensive, and Newcastle aren't a team to really fear. Uh, they're a team that you can count on to put some saves on the board, but they aren't necessarily a team to be afraid of. Uh, my one concern with Adrian is that he's probably due to let in a goal. It's West Ham, it's Adrian, they're not this good. Uh, so uh, while they are playing excellent, it, it, they're probably due for some negative uh, regression here very shortly. But uh, that's still something that I'll be rocking with this week. Uh, Sproni's just a little bit too expensive for Palace being as bad as they are. And uh, there shouldn't be a lot of saves to go around that game for Sproni. Uh, so I'm not really too interested in that. Matt Ryan's really interesting. Uh, he has an excellent ceiling. He's not the best value play of the slate, but uh, he is an excellent option all the same. And he needs a win to be relevant in this game. And against Watford, a lot of people... I'll talk about Watford shortly, but a lot of people uh, may just fall onto Matt Ryan as an anti-Watford play, uh, which I think is going to be a hot play this week, uh, which I'm not really on side with, but it's going to be there. So uh, that's basically going to happen a lot. He needs the win to be relevant. I'm just not sure if that's going to happen against Watford, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, I think Favansky's an excellent form, and Palace are really bad away from home, and he should have lots of saves. So that's a recipe for success. It's not necessarily guaranteed because Swansea aren't very good, but I think Favansky has a pretty decent floor, and uh, if he does happen to hit some sort of ceiling, it could be pretty massive this week. Um, Gomes, so yeah, let's talk about Watford. Uh, their red cards aren't necessarily them being a bad team. Uh it, it does mean they have a few bad players, but as a whole, even someone like Jan Matt last week, who within four minutes of play had a, a basically a yellow card under his belt, and I was freaking out, uh, not having a good time with him. But I think you can go back to the whole set again this week. Uh, Brighton aren't a goal-scoring team, and Watford aren't necessarily a team that allows uh, a lot of goals to happen. Now, I know they are down 3 nothing to Huddersfield before they took the red card, but uh, they were playing whole of us as a true defender and trying to literally play a 5-3-2, uh, which uh, was completely pointless and uh, irrelevant in today's professional game. And it really cost uh, Watford, obviously, as they went down 3 nothing to Huddersfield and then took the red card. So it's a little bit concerning in that sense. But uh, at the same time, Brighton aren't the kind of team to go out and score for them. So uh, I have no problem with Gomes this week in GPP stacking uh, with the uh, Watford wingbacks because, I, I again, I think uh, there's a lot of ceiling to be had there. Uh, ben Foster should concede a goal, and there's just better options for cheaper. Uh, so I'm not too interested in Brom defensive at all. Uh, and there won't be enough uh, saves to go around to offset the goal that he probably will concede. Uh, so I'm not too interested in him in this week. Uh, the Newcastle keepers, uh, Robert Elliott and Darlow, they went back to Robert Elliott last game. And they're interesting GPP punt, but there's not many stacking options to go with them in Newcastle. So uh, West Ham aren't necessarily an offense to go out and score a bunch of goals, but they're sneaky and they're in their own right. So uh, I'm not uh, going to be rolling with either of the Newcastle keepers, whichever they end up starting. But it's interesting to note all the same that they do have uh, some sort of ceiling here against West Ham because they're not prolific enough to scare people away. Uh, Nick Pope's my best value keeper of the slate. He's probably my number one keeper of the slate if I'm being 100% honest uh, his salary is just a tiny bit more expensive than I was comfortable with but I'm still totally okay around the 4 or 4k range I think he's 4, 4.1 4k something like that Brilliantly keep uh, goals uh, very low uh, both uh, in the in their own net and uh, scoring um, he's probably 
the top cash option on the slate because Harry Kane, there's no way Harry Kane's going to score something relevant to the City uh, players, which are just slightly cheaper than him. So Harry Kane is going to end up being an easy fade here, as we'll talk about. I'll talk about anyways. But uh, Huddersfield, uh, or excuse me, uh, Burnley, I really like this week to surprise a lot of people. Uh, Huddersfield, uh, low they're just in great form right now. It's really concerning. Uh, Southampton are in poor form, conversely. And it's a, another situation where like, I, I like to play it as a sell high, buy low kind of play. Uh, with Lothal, you get to buy low and sell low uh, with him with the salary this week. So uh, I think Charlie Austin can probably score on him. So I'm not too interested in Lothal this week. But it's uh, worth mentioning that his salary is probably a little bit lower than it should be. And finally, uh, Begovic, there is just too much risk this week going up against City, uh, and there's little chance of winning, let alone uh, keeping a CS bonus. So uh, that just isn't relevant at all. And when you can have Nick Pope potentially win a game or get a draw, um, and Begovic just doesn't stand up to the punch at all. So that's just spend uh, find a little bit more cash to spend up in someone else this week. But uh, that is my goalie takes. Awesome. Yeah, you just about covered it. Uh, nothing really stands out to me. Nick Pope is a very interesting play going against Tottenham at home. Um, but outside of that, I really like Adrian. Adrian, his price is creeping up, and it's crazy to see a West Ham goalkeeper be priced at 5000 or above. But like you said, he's going for three straight clean sheets, and two of them, I believe, were against top-flight opponents. One was... Chelsea, I believe. And yeah, I have it right here, actually. Yeah. Um, he has three straight CS bonuses against Stoke, Arsenal, and Chelsea, yeah. and they beat Chelsea and Stoke. Exactly. Uh, and before that, they kept Man City to a respectable 2-1 away at Man City. Correct, exactly. So, you know, even at 5,000 for West Ham keeper, many people look at West Ham and still think they're the West Ham of old when Slavin Bilic was in um, manager, but... Since the managerial change to David Moyes, they've been, you know, they've played with a certain fire under their under their behinds, as many people would say. Um, but yeah, nothing really stands out. <clears throat> I am not on the Watford guys like you are. I think Fabianski makes for an interesting play just under Harlan uh, Gomes at 4,700. Fabianski... Um, you know, he's in the games where he's played, you know, middle to low table opponents, he's proven to do well. He does have struggles against the top flight guys because his back line is not necessarily the best back line. So I think at 4,600 against Crystal Palace without Christian Benteke is a um, somewhat appealing price. But then again, he probably will let in a goal. Um, I'm primarily a GP player, so I'll probably just keep my exposure to Adrian, maybe some Fabianski, and maybe some Nick Pope, just because Pope is all the way down at the bottom, and he should see a ton of shots to, you know, pay off his price, whether he lets in a goal or not. So, yeah, that about does it for me. Um, do you have any certain strategies you're looking at for goalie versus GPP versus cash? Cash, I'm assuming you always like to pay up for Ederson. GBP, it sounds um, like you're all in on Pope. Yeah, it's uh, for me, it's it's usually about implied ceiling. Uh, in particular, 
with defense. Uh, so in GPP, my strategy is to try and hit a CS bonus three times, uh, which in DraftKings, I believe, is worth 15 points. I think they get three points each. Um, and so essentially what I'm looking for is the three wingbacks that cross the, or excuse me, two wingbacks that cross the ball. Uh, and we'll get a CS bonus with the keeper with some saves. That's my GPP strategy. Uh, yeah, clean sheet's worth uh, five points for a goalkeeper. And uh, for defenders, a clean sheet's worth three points. So you'll get six points from the two defenders and five points from the keeper for a CS bonus. So that's 11 extra points ceiling that you're topping onto your card after everyone else is done. Um, so teams I'm looking to do that this week are Southampton, uh, West Ham, and um, uh, I'm really excited about West Ham. We'll talk about that in a second here. But uh, the uh, the last is uh, probably Watford, again, because their wingbacks are so excellent. And you can do this, too, with Spurs uh, because uh, they uh, they just have such talented wingbacks. But the problem is if you do that, you're basically cutting yourself completely out of a Man City play at all. And uh, that's just not what you should be looking to do this week, despite the low-scoring game option that you find there. Uh, so uh, for cash, it really makes no difference. I don't look for a correlation. I look for points uh, for the best value. Uh, so if that comes from a CS bonus for save win from David De Gea uh, at uh, the second highest or highest salary, I'll, I'll go with that in cash if I think that's the safest play. Uh, but uh, if I think uh, getting six to eight points from Nick Pope at uh, 4k like this week is uh, going to happen then that's usually going to be my play just to make sure i assuredly get that value and just move on from there and uh, afford uh, more ceiling in uh, in uh, other plays uh, I, I usually try and rock a very high floor high ceiling build uh a good uh good hybrid build where you don't ruin yourself with uh with a duds uh and you usually still end up getting paid and it's not a situation where you don't find ceiling it usually hits too yeah <clears throat> makes a lot of sense uh sorry going back to goalies i did one guy just i quickly glanced over because he was so low but i think has a ton of upside and arguably maybe my favorite keeper Jonas losel he's going up um he's at southampton they're on the road but Southampton are a team that don't score a lot of goals. They barely score any goals. They've, in fact, only scored multiple goals once in their last 10 matchups. And at 4K, that seems like, you know, a very good bargain price tag, considering we want to pay up for the same team that everyone should want to be paying up for. Anyways, let's move to defense. Defense gets a little trickier. Um, you have the Tottenham guys, like you said, that are in great um, spots against Burnley on the road. Holobos is interesting, but Tom Cleverly is supposed to be back, so we that you know set piece situation gets a little murky. I'm not really willing to chase you know a six two price tag on a slate where I find you need to pay up for for sure points. So at defense, personally, I'm going to be going to the bottom. I'm going to be waiting to see you know who starts for Huddersfield. If Chris Lowe is in there, he's always a guy that I like. Scott Malone, if he starts for him, or this other guy that his name is almost impossible to pronounce, F. Hatter, Gajan, Gaj, that guy. <clears throat> but primarily my my strategy is definitely going to be paying down. Um, I, I'm going to break the news in defense 
I want to pay up for Man City at every attacking position possible, so finding cheap guys in the midfield and defense and goalie is going to be a thing for me. What about you, Rob? Yeah, so I think the Spurs options are great in either format, uh, but they're just too expensive to stack. Uh, so if you do, you're going to have to just pick one or the other. And usually I just pick the cheaper wing back. Uh, I think Tri- Trippier is still an amazing option, but uh, he's just at 6.5K. That's just too much. Uh, so I'll probably be looking past them a little bit. But especially in cash, they're they're pretty solid plays. Um, there's just that low-scoring option, and they're, they're going to cross so much. Burnley's not going to stop them crossing. Olabas is a massive trap this week with Cleverly coming back. Uh, he's going to need a goal or an assist to be relevant. Uh, Ryan Bertrand's going to be out for Southampton, so what that means is it's going to be opening up some serious doors here at Southampton. Uh, I'm pretty sure Cedric Suarez is also out. So what this means is either they're going to play guys like Sam McQueen, Jeremy Piad, um I'm hoping I'm hoping Matt Target finally sees the field sometime this week. He was a an excellent DFS player last year, uh, last season for uh, Southampton. So I I really am looking forward to seeing Matt Target eventually potentially hitting the field here. But uh, they just offer some really uh, interesting GPP upside with a, a potential CS bonus against a Huddersfield team who outside of last week hadn't even scored an away goal this season. Uh, so uh, that's still an option for me for Southampton. I think that can be a really low scoring game uh, and conversely like you said low slow is, a, is in play too because it is such a low scoring option game this week uh, but with Bertrand Hurt it's going to open up some crazy doors in Southampton and I'll be looking to jump on them uh, as much as I can this week. Um, Masuku for West Ham is someone I'm going to be stacking with. Uh, Adrian is probably one of the top defenders of the slate just basically from salary alone uh, he has an excellent CS bonus chance uh, like I said, totally accessible. Uh, and uh, Newcastle are going to allow a lot of space for him to operate. I, they're not going to slow him down from finding some sort of cash floor. Uh, so uh, I'll be looking for his deep crosses this week to pay off for Newcastle. I like uh, I like Kyle Walker. Uh, uh, I know that's not ideal with the slate and his salary maybe a little bit of a waste there at 5100 uh, but I still really like the idea here that he is part of the offense still. Uh, if they play four at the back, he's, you can't really use him. It's unfortunate. Uh, he's an excellent defensive uh, player, but uh, if they happen to play three at the back, which I'm hoping they'll revert back to here eventually, uh, Kyle Walker will be back in play. So I'm kind of just sitting on that, waiting for that to happen. Um, seeing what goes on here, but uh, that doesn't look like they're going to happen. Man City, uh, along with some other teams, had a, a cup game this midweek, and they started a B-side. Uh, Man City started a B-side against Leicester, mm-hmm. and it uh, took them uh, to penalties. Uh, it was a 5-4 uh, penalty finish. It was 1-1 tied going into the shootout. Uh, so it was really close for them, and Leicester started a lot of their big players where Man City had absolutely nothing on the go. Uh, so a bunch of kids so uh, interesting to see if they still line up with the same formation this week or what their plan is uh, I, I like Jan Matt on Watford an awful lot Tamina is still looking like he's going to be out he has an incredible ceiling his salary is still super low and he's going to have no ownership because absolutely nobody wants to be on uh, on uh, Watford at all uh, I don't blame them but that still doesn't mean they're not a team to shy away from just because of taking some red cards in the last couple of games uh, so or I guess I should say few games now uh, so he's uh, someone I'm looking to buy low. Uh, Kieran Gibbs is a low-end cash play from uh, 
Brom, I, I'm not really set on. But if you're really looking for someone to not finish zero, Kieran Gibbs is a guy. Another guy that comes to mind is Jeff Cameron. He's another guy from Stoke. That's uh, I believe he's American too. Uh, he should be a pretty safe cash floor from a really, really low accessible floor. And there's a few other guys I talk about in my article. But uh, generally, that's uh, my uh, low-end plays there. But the, the one guy I want to talk about here, and it's going to be the absolute play of the slate, is Aaron Cresswell on West Ham. Uh, hands down, absolutely 100% the sharpest play of the slate. If you don't play Aaron Cresswell, you're probably going to end up suffering at the end uh, of the games come Saturday. Uh, with Lanzini out and uh, Marco Arnautovic not looking likely, he is literally the only person the entire team that's taken the set piece so far this season. Uh, when he was doing this earlier in the season, when these two were both out, his floor was generally around 14 crosses a game. When you consider he stacks perfectly with Misaku and Adrian, and by himself is a cash god, uh, his only issue here could be minutes. And I'm not super concerned about that because West Ham are one of those teams right now that are super super hurt and uh, they just don't have a lot of bodies to go around and take up a whole bunch of minutes so I'm looking for Aaron Cresswell to get his hand in a CS bonus and easily a floor of eight crosses I think it's double digits but we'll be conservative here and say that his floor will be around eight crosses and uh, in terms of getting forward uh, he's in a situation here where uh, West Ham should find the net more than twice uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if uh, one or two come off a corner uh, or a really deep Cresswell cross. Uh, Newcastle aren't a team that allow a lot of crosses from in close. Uh, they allow a lot of deep crosses. So I'll be looking for Cresswell to whip a few in. Hopefully to uh, Andy Carroll uh, would be ideal in this situation. But uh, I'm not picky. Cresswell is going to have 15 crosses. Uh, that's my prediction this week. So uh, he's someone you're going to need in your cash. Uh, but that is my uh, that's my defensive takes. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Aaron Cresswell definitely slipped my mind. He yeah, I just saw that Lanzini's what is he suspended? Yeah, he's suspended. Yeah, for successfully <clears throat> deceiving a referee. It's something the FA is working on this year where they're going back uh, and looking where players dived and drew a foul and they'll get suspended for diving, uh, for deceiving a referee. Uh, it's happened already a couple times this season. The first one that comes to mind is Niasi on Everton was suspended a couple games for getting the penalty shot that won the game for Everton. Uh, I think it was like four or five weeks ago now. But uh, yeah, that, uh, that's what that situation is. Awesome. So, yeah, he looks like a fine play. Zabaleta even looks like a fine play, too. Um, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, that about does it for defense. Let's not spend too much time at defense. And let's move to midfield. As I touched on earlier, midfield and forward, it's basically very simple for me. I am stuffing in as many of those light blue uniforms that you see next to people's names as I possibly can to... That'll not, you know, not limit my upside, but I think the ideal, you know, amount of Man City players you want on this slate is probably two. Two if you're paying up over 10k for De Bruyne or Aguero. If you're paying in the 9k range, I think you can maybe fit three, because David Silva's status is still in question. He's been out the last couple of games due to personal reasons. Um, Birth of his daughter. Uh, yeah, I guess you know the exact detail, but 
the birth of his daughter, so the majority of the production should be followed between, you know, Sané, Sterling, Aguero, De Bruyne. Gundogan is pretty cheap. He's in the 5300 which is, you know, a phenomenal price for a guy that's heavily involved. Not heavily, but certainly definitely involved in the Man City attack uh, against Tottenham in the 4-1 route against Tottenham. He had a goal and assist, three shots, all three of them being on target. He's not a high-crossing guy, as all the crosses are definitely left for De Bruyne. So, but yeah, it's pretty simple. And outside of that, it's just going to be what fits with the Man City guys that you have. So, for me, I'm going to be looking in the bottom of the barrel at guys like, you know, Roberto Pereira, who for Watford, who should see, I think this is finally a time where they need to, you know, rest Richarlison. They've been talking about resting Richarlison for a while. And with Troy Deeney suspended, and, you know, if Richarlison gets a rest, Will Hughes could make a return, but I don't think he's likely. So Watford has some access to some cheap guys. And another team I like to target is West Brom. West Brom... They, their, their set-piece situation is kind of murky. Um, they've had at least four or five guys just rotate on corners for a while, and things could get even trickier with Matt Phillips returning. But Gareth Barry is a guy who's 3,200. He, granted, he scored a goal against Man U, which is not something that's pretty sustainable, but he's very active. He's 3,200. You're trying to get, you know, four, five, six, seven points, and that's value at a guy that cheap. So I'm going to be looking, you know, as crazy as it may sound, that low to pair up with the big the big boys from Man City. What about you, Rob? Yeah, so, uh, excuse me, uh, Kevin De Bruyne should be the top player of the slate. Uh, his salary is surprisingly still really accessible uh, when you consider that uh, Harry Kane is at 11K and uh, doesn't have anything comparable to the same floor as uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, he, Gary Kane still has an excellent floor, but uh, it's not uh, anything like Kevin De Bruyne, especially this week if David Silva's still out. There's going to be even more reliance on the, the KDB. So uh, I'm all about Kevin De Bruyne this week. Uh, lock him in in either form, uh, or format, excuse me, and he won't let you down. Uh, uh, Christian Eriksen is just someone not to build around. Uh, Burnley don't allow a lot of ceilings from opposition. So that's really what you're looking for from Christian Eriksen this week if you're planning to uh, compete. And that's uh, conversely the issue with Harry Kane too. Uh, so uh, I do like uh, I do like the Man City players infinitely more than uh, Christian Eriksen. So that's where I'll be looking. Especially, uh, I'll talk about the 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 forwards in a bit but uh yeah that's uh, that's my man city versus tottenham there's no reason to take tottenham when you can just take man city doesn't matter the ownership uh the, the game just don't script around that to take tottenham whatsoever uh excuse me shakiri i think is an excellent cash play this week uh, i think he's going to be one of the sharpest plays of the slate in reality uh the reason behind this is uh, Brom don't allow a lot of crosses, but Shakiri's more than capable than dribbling inside and taking a shot and scoring goals, uh, which is what I'm actually looking for this week. Uh, 
I think he has a ceiling in comparison to like a normal floor. He'll still have a pretty decent floor, but it won't be as uh, as substantial as a lot of people may be thinking. And he's one of those guys this week that kind of fall into the the wrong decision or the right decision for the wrong reasons. I think a lot of people will be taking Shakiri thinking he's going to get a whole bunch of crosses, where in fact he won't get very many crosses, but he's really likely to score a goal. Uh, so uh, I'll be on Shakiri, especially in cash. Uh, but uh, yeah, in terms of uh, again, Man City, I like David Silva a lot if he is playing. Uh, I doubt he will be playing. I think he'll be an excellent uh, cash play, especially uh, if he does play. Uh, but uh, I'm hoping he, uh, he'll be a last man addition, and uh, there won't be too much ownership on him whatsoever. But uh, that's my my hope for uh, for excuse me, David Silva. Uh, I think uh, Aaron Moy is an excellent cash play this week. Uh, he is a really great floor, uh, an accessible salary, and not much risk. Uh, in GPP, I'm not really sold on the idea of him going out and getting a two-goal game again, which would be nice, but I just don't see that happening. So uh, he, he's someone I, I wouldn't mind taking in cash for a potentially double-digit cross. Uh, Townsend's the best option for Palace uh, as a whole, uh, either format. He has an incredible salary in relation to what's going to go on this game. Uh, he doesn't take many set pieces, but that's just because uh, Kabai is on the field and who happens to come off a fair amount. And I'll talk about Kabai again sh- shortly, but uh, in terms of if he happens to come off, Townsend ends up taking set pieces. So he already has a lot of crosses, and you're just looking for a little bit of variance there to, to end up really getting paid with Townsend. Uh, I'm going to be fading Matt Ritchie this week. Uh, he is a, a low-end cash play in my radar, but uh, I'm just not too into Newcastle at all this week. Uh Pascal Gold and uh, Knockert uh, from Brighton. I think uh, they're excellent cash plays this slate, uh, especially if you're buying into the concept that Watford take a lot of fouls. If that's something you're going to correlate here from the red cards that they've taken over the last few games, that means there's going to be a lot of free kicks for Brighton. So the sharp play here will be probably getting Pascal Grob into your cash cards and expecting him to see a massive uptick in the amount of uh, set pieces he gets to take. Uh, Knockhart's interesting, too, in the sense that uh, he may end up taking some set pieces as well but uh, Grove's definitely the person you want to look for in this situation and uh, I have no issue using him in cash this week. Uh, the same can be said for Kabai. Palace should get a lot of free kicks this week so I think he's an excellent cash play. Uh, I have a concern with his minutes but uh, he, Palace also have kind of like a lack of ceiling. They're, they're not a blowout squad and this week I'm really looking for teams that are have potentially something comparable to a Man City offensive output and Palace do not have that this week. Week. So uh, I think Kabai is an excellent cash play. Uh, it, Townsend may be a better pivot, but uh, until Palace show they can score four goals in a game, uh, maybe I'll jump on board with that. Uh, uh, just not this week. I think uh, Johan Berg Goodmanson is a, still a top cash play despite their playing Spurs. Uh, his salary is just super accessible, and Spurs may stop his ceiling, but they won't stop his floor. Uh, he should still get around uh, six to eight crosses as a floor this week, and uh, from that salary, I'm more than okay with that. He should draw some fouls too. Uh, Southampton have a weird thing going on where uh, Dusan Tadic and 
James Ward and Prowse can't play at the same time because they take set pieces and it's like they won't let them choose between each other uh, at the same time. So uh, Nathan Redmond will probably prop in with uh, th- that three in some sort of rotation. Southampton have been switching up their formation a lot the last little bit, so it's really hard to know how they're going to go forward here, especially with their hurt uh, defensive uh, wing backs. They may end up using Tadic uh, and uh, JWP at the exact same time and uh, Redmond uh, on uh, with uh, Tadic and Redmond on wings. It's, it's hard to say what they're going to do, but uh, the set pieces I think are going to be pretty crucial for Southampton this week, and uh, I think they make a really sneaky GPP option. Uh, there's too much risk for me in cash, uh, but I think in GPP there's something to consider there. Uh, Dio from uh, Stoke is someone I'm going to consider in GPP. GPP. He's playing 90-minute games as a forward, so that's really hard to, to look away from as a variance play uh, when you can get him as a midfielder for pretty cheap. Uh, Tom Cleverly is a top-end cash play for Watford. He has an amazing salary, and the floor is not re- represented in uh, Watford's play, recent play. So uh, I think uh, his salary is still a place where you can get him really low, and his floor is still really safe. Uh, Loftus Chief from Palace is a good GPP play. He's really cheap even as a safe floor uh but uh, i think I'll, I'll be looking at that as kind of like a hybrid player for me this week and someone that i'll be using to try and access the bigger uh bigger spendings of um of man city and just to mention with tom cleverly too uh decor is out this week uh his center midfielder partner so a lot of responsibility will be on tom cleverly from watford there sorry i just want to touch on that again and uh, uh stanislav's interest in cash play no josh king so he should see 90 minutes probably get a bunch of set pieces uh either format but i like him better for cash uh the fact is ederson's letting in a goal uh most games so it's going to come from somewhere if it's it's going to come not from the hurt forwards. It's probably going to come from Stanislas. Um, I like Solly March from uh, Brighton an awful lot. He's someone I'll be looking to spend down to in GPP to uh, get up to uh, the big guys in Man City. He got double-digit crosses last game, played 90 minutes. He's a hometown favorite. I've been waiting for him to get minutes, so uh, he's finally getting them. He's showing why. Uh, Jay Rodriguez and uh, is interesting from Brom. Uh, conversely, Chris Brunt for cash, Rodriguez for GPP. Uh, they're both low-end options. Uh, but yeah, the big thing will be for me, uh, Watford and Southampton, how they uh, start their formations and uh, who their starters will be. Because uh, there should be, like you said, Ferrer, there's going to be a lot of value there uh, to really help you spend up to the Man City guys, whether uh, it's Southampton's injuries or Watford's suspensions. But uh, yeah, that's my midfield takes. Yeah, just about does it. Something I just found that was pretty interesting, I just read, actually. I don't know if you knew this, but <clears throat> Swansea uh, fired Paul Clement Wednesday night. And they are now on to their third manager of the season, which is pretty crazy in the last uh, 18 months. And leading them Saturday will be uh, current and active midfielder Leon Britton, who... Ruled himself. Now, coach, yeah, yeah. I uh, I I wrote an uh, article. I shouldn't say an article. I wrote a post about on Roto Grinders. There, uh, it's it's pretty interesting situation. Swansea are a pretty interesting team, and there's something I'm I'm considering this week in terms. Of, like, I'm not sure how they're going to go forward here. Uh, my concern is that they may just continue to do the same thing for a little bit and uh, ride this out until the new year. Uh, but uh, my other concern is that they completely flip everything around and they're totally unpredictable. Uh, for some people, that uh, will make great GPP plays, but they're Swansea. Uh, they're not 
like chocked with talent by any means. So it's not like something we can take a, a chance on because there's so much risk there of them just being bad. Uh, so that isn't something I'm totally bought into this week. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty crazy situation. Yeah, and another player I just wanted to mention real quick is Bakari Sako with Christian Benteke um, out yeah. this week. Sako will probably start off top at forward, but on DraftKings, he's only listed as a midfield eligibility. And at 4,700, he, you know, it's a pretty solid play with a lot of upside. He's had a goal the past two games that he's appeared in, including a game winner against Watford two weeks ago and their horrific meltdown that I've never seen yeah, like he, any before. Awesome play. Yeah, so he's someone that I'll keep my eye on if he's starting up top at uh, for Crystal Palace. Anyways, let's move to forward. Like I said, midfield, for me, it's pretty straightforward. I don't really, there's nothing that really appeals to me down below. I don't know about you, but um, it gets, you know, pretty hard to roster someone once you go below 5K forward usually. Um, that mean, With that being said, I'm literally just going to be playing a lot of Aguero. <clears throat> I think... Sterling and Sané make for great pivots off of Aguero. Uh, something is telling me in GBPs, it's probably it 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 could serve as a good option to fade KDB because he he has upside, but he Kuhn has all the goal scoring upside. Let's be real, Kuhn he's yet to score multiple goals since September against Watford in a six nothing win, but. If, you know, Man City is scoring four or five goals, I'd like to believe it's because Kuhn is getting at the end of the balls or Sterling and Sané. Sané. KDB has the highest floor, but his ceiling isn't that high because he's not necessarily, you know, a goal scoring. He's a playmaker. So I think I want more exposure to Aguero in GBPs, as crazy as that may sound, but... That's just the way I like to like look at things. And outside of that, we're going to need to see some starting lineups. But I think Pascal Gross, you touched on him in midfielders, makes for a fine play. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on the light blue jerseys on Saturday. I've said it enough. What about you? Yeah, so I think it goes without saying you can fade Harry Kane this week. Uh um, City have just infinitely more ceiling. I, I mentioned something in the lines of my article this week. Of, uh, how many times have Burnley allowed more than three goals this season? It was once to Man City. How many times have Bournemouth allowed three goals this season? It's happened regularly, including last week to uh, to Liverpool, where they let in four. So, like, Burnley haven't let in four once this season. <laughs> it It's that straightforward here. Harry Kane just doesn't have that kind of ceiling that City are going to find this week. So there's no reason to spend more, uh, even if he's going to be lower owned. I like to think he's still going to be more owned uh, than he should be. So uh, it even lends to more of a fade than uh, we need. Uh, so it's it's uh, easy paid for me. In terms of the City uh, strikers and uh, the two wingers, uh, it, it should be Aguero, Sterling, Sané. Uh, Jesus played the full 120 minutes of uh, the 
a game in overtime over the uh, midweek. So I don't see him playing this game. It should be a full 90 minutes of Aguero. So, yeah, I'm totally on board with Aguero. The problem with Aguero is when you really take a, a piece of him, uh, you're limiting yourself uh, to what else you can do. Uh, and the same can be said with Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, so that's why if you're taking it for those two, it's kind of going to be one or the other. Uh, and uh, that's why I like Kevin De Bruyne a little bit more there, just from his floor aspect. Is probably still his floor is probably still double digits, where Aguero's isn't. Uh, and uh, in, in the case of four or five goals, uh, I could totally see uh, Aguero getting a goal and all that. But I could also see uh, Kevin De Bruyne getting four points out of uh, the five goals, uh, just because he's so much more involved. Aguero is definitely a finisher. There's no question. But Sané can score too. Sterling can score too. Uh, I'm sure Gundogan could probably even score if he uh, if he gets the shots uh, in a, a three nothing game that's going to finish with five goals. So uh, it, it's something to think about for sure. But I like stacking. Uh, my ideal stack this week is going to be Kevin De Bruyne to uh, Leroy Sané. Uh, I think just Raheem Sterling is just a little bit too expensive in comparison to the rest of them. He's like the one of these things are not like the other. Maybe it's. I'm used to seeing Sterling the the cheapest of the bunch, but I just feel like that's where he belongs. And seeing Sané the cheapest of the bunch uh, makes me want to jump all over him and uh, pair him with a bunch. My main strategy this week for GPPs is going to make a few duplicate cards and uh, in slot in in one card I'm going to have Kevin De Bruyne and Sané, and this one I'll have Kevin De Bruyne and Sterling, and this, and you know keep trying to leave at least four hundred dollars salary there for yourself to keep wiggling around be- between these two guys or uh, between two different guys, whichever two you want to slot in. You can keep stacking that, or even do an identical card with just the one difference between uh, Kevin De Bruyne and uh, Aguero. That's probably going to be something I do a lot, uh, just to having that one one pivot spot and having 200 salary left over on one card with Aguero and zero with the Kevin De Bruyne card. So uh, that's going to be the way I approach that this week for Man City is to uh, duplicate some cards and try and hit both. And maybe they both score 20 and a 30 and you end up smashing in GPPs for first and third place. Uh, So uh, that's something I'm going to be trying to do this week because I think uh, it's totally on with some other teams here. Uh, Richardson's someone I'm going to be fading. He's just too much risk and I think a lot of people will still be on him thinking that he's got a really safe floor when in fact his minutes are being called into question here and they could tumble away to nothing uh brighton aren't exactly demanding so their situation is uh it's it, he still should find a floor it's all about his minutes if you think he's going to get 90 minutes sure roll with them if you don't i don't think he's going to uh, not against brighton especially if watford are winning and he's already succeeding he'll probably be the first one to come off the field uh so he's just too much a uh, ceiling risk uh, i don't mind his floor but from that salary i'd rather just take uh, a few other guys uh in particular son i think son has a much better floor zaha has a much better floor uh so there's no real ceiling there and there's just better floor options uh, so Richardson will be fading this week I think like I said uh, Zaha is an excellent GPP play I'm not so sold on this floor but it's definitely there I just think uh, Townsend and Kabai have better floors uh, but uh, Zaha has a two goal potential here and especially as you talked about with Sacco getting the start up front with him he may be given a free reign to just dribble at people and uh, take the show on himself uh, and he's 
more than capable of doing so. So that may end up happening. What I predict is going to end up happening is whichever Soccer Saturday commentators on the game, they're going to be regularly mentioning the poor quality of a game that we're seeing and the poor quality of scoring chances. So I'm not totally set on the idea, but and that's why I'm not taking him in cash. But uh, I think he has great GPP upside. Charlie Austin uh, for Southampton is someone I really like as a GPP option. He doesn't have a ton of ceiling, but his salary isn't devastating. Where if he gets one goal off three shots, he'll more than enough pay off, uh, especially uh, filling him in uh, with a Man City stack. Uh, I have no issue with that. Uh, Bournemouth is something I'm going to be considering up front, uh, mostly because they're injured and their minutes are going to be really tight around a few guys with really low salaries. Uh, Man City, conversely, like I said, Ederson hasn't been keeping CS bonuses as a consistent thing this season. So I'm looking at the guys like Callum Wilson and uh, Mousset on uh, Bournemouth to potentially see 90 minutes here in really important roles. Uh, they're not going to be cash plays by any means. It's purely GPP. They're going to have no ownership, low salaries. Uh, so that's something I'm looking at there. But uh, the, the last one I'll talk about here is uh, probably my top GPP play of the slate for forwards. And it's going to be Andre Gray from Watford. I don't want to go back to Watford here. Again, every week it's the same thing. But the same issue still persists that they're actually a really good team. They have an incredible implied ceiling every week. And uh, they've been taking red cards, uh, so that hasn't really helped them. And Andre Gray is probably the most safest guy of the bunch not to take a red card. Uh, so I'm looking at him to see 90 minutes as the striker this week in a game where, again, Brighton are, are not uh, a, fully, uh, a fully elite team by any means. And I don't think Andre Gray is an elite player, but when you consider how by low of a scenario this is, he's going to be cheap. He's going to have literally no ownership. Nobody will want to play Watford. And they're more than capable of scoring three goals. They've done that numerous times this season. It's bound to happen again. This, this isn't like these red cards aren't something that is, are sustainable. It's not going to continue like this. Eventually, Watford are not going to take a red card again. It's kind of something that's pretty rare in soccer. Uh, so to see it happen at this kind of consistent rate is completely... Uh, I, I haven't seen, I've been watching English Premier League for a long time now, and I don't remember this taking place since like uh, Southampton back in uh, the mid two thousands, where they I think they w went on a, a run of uh, eight red cards in ten games. Uh, so it, it's uh, it's very surprising to see this happen so far. Watford maybe they take a lot of fouls, and like we said, go with Grove, but uh, I still think Brighton should concede to Watford here and with no ownership I'm not afraid to dream that Watford will score more than twice this week but uh, yeah that's my uh, that's my forward takes yep there you have it sorry for dragging on a little bit we're at the four I'm not sorry I think we did awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah hopefully everyone makes it to this end of the point of the podcast and like we said earlier the theme of this, this weekend will be Man City <clears throat> How much Man City you can fit in. Just makes a match your exposure between Sané, Sterling, Aguero, and De Bruyne. I think it's optimal to have two out of four in each lineup. Once you get to three, you're looking at, you know, spending an average of probably around 3800 for each player. And that's not, doesn't create the most upside. So, that'll do it. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Christmas. Um... And we will try to record a podcast for the midweek slate, but at the very worst, we will be back next weekend. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy holidays. Take care.